Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Friday, July 15th. Paul gets personal. Again. Today's scripture reading is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 7-12 through 12 from Mike's Amplified Version, which reads, You are off to such a promising start in this race. Who's cut in and distracted you like a siren voice seducing you away from the path of truth? You can be sure there's nothing divine or benign about that luring voice. More like a toxic infection spreading through your entire system. Deep down, with the Lord's intuition, I know you won't draw any other conclusion than this. Still, the one causing this momentary upheaval among you will pay dearly for it, whoever he may be. My kith and kin, as to the suggestion that I'm advocating foreskin removal on the sly, if that were so, why am I being hounded and harassed wherever I go? Enter circumcision, exit scandal, the cross reduced to a harmless ornament that won't trip up anyone anymore. Oh, those disruptors of your peace, I could almost wish their obsessive zeal for cutting would go beyond mere circumcision to full castration of themselves. Then let's see what they have to boast about. This is God's Word. This is the second intensely personal paragraph we've encountered so far in this letter. Of all the things that Paul could say about his adversaries in this letter, he couldn't say, hey guys, nothing personal. No, clearly, this is very personal. Because it's all fun and games until someone says, go castrate yourselves. Tell us how you really feel, Paul. In addition to wishing on them an untimely slip of the Ismel on their own genitals, the Ismel would be the very sharp knife used to perform circumcisions in Jewish culture, which would not only leave them castrated but excluded from inner purity circles since such disfigurement would disqualify them. Yes, in addition to that, Paul also accuses them of being seducing voices, distracting the Galatians after they just made a strong start in this Jesus marathon. I'm seeing Kramer and Seinfeld passing a hot latte instead of cold water to a passing runner. Yeah, not helpful. But not only are they seducing sirens, diverting them off the track, they are leaven. Ritually impure, contaminating leaven or yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough, turning flatbread into a giant puffed-up baguette. This, of course, echoes Jesus' warning to his disciples in the immediate wake of the second feeding of the multitude with a few biscuits and fish. On their way to the other side of the lake, the disciples discovered they'd forgotten to bring along bread. They left the leftovers. In the meantime, Jesus said to them, Keep a sharp eye out for Pharisee-Sadducee yeast. Thinking he was scolding them for forgetting bread, they discussed in whispers what to do. Jesus knew what they were doing and said, Why all these worried whispers about forgetting the bread? Baby believers, haven't you caught on yet? 
Don't you remember the five loaves of bread and the 5,000 people and how many baskets of fragments you picked up? Or the seven loaves that fed 4,000 and how many baskets of leftovers you collected? Haven't you realized yet that bread isn't the problem? The problem is yeast. Pharisee, Sadducee, yeast. Then they got it, that he wasn't concerned about eating, but teaching the Pharisee-Sadducee kind of teaching. And you can find this in Matthew chapter 16, verses 5 through 12, just in case you were wondering. Essentially, these are Jewish insider insults. If your teaching is like yeast that transforms what would have been, had it been left alone, unassuming flatbread suitable for holy purposes into a bloated baguette puffed up with multiplied bubbles of air, well, then your teaching isn't just dry and tedious, it's toxic. Of course, ironically, Jesus himself employs leaven as a positive image for the kingdom of God, not so much illustrating how something small has a huge impact, but how the kingdom often employs unsavory and unholy means and people, rather unexpectedly, to dramatic effect. Which is perhaps why Jesus spends so much time hanging out with a riffraff. But here's the point of this intensely personal section. There is a time to get intensely personal. There is a time for impassioned pleas and for and even for impassioned imprecations. There is a time for the fitting anathema, for the less than complimentary remarks, aka impolite and impolitic insults, when someone's messing with what or with especially who matters. No, we don't want to get stuck in that gear, but love will on occasion demand that we know how to shift into it. So would you mind if I only gave you like two verses as your second reading of the day? I don't think I hear anybody complaining, so here you go, and you're welcome. This one is from the prophet Zechariah, Zechariah 2, 8, 9, if you must know. He who touches you touches the apple of my eye. I will raise my fist to crush them, and their own slaves will plunder them. This is the God of Israel speaking this as a menacing word of protection over his formerly exiled people who had no status, no power, no clout, and were consequently kicked around by every Gentile bully in the neighborhood. Read those two sentences a few times and then contemplate God's impassioned defense of you as you pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. How often do you think of God as getting all hot under the collar in your defense? Why do you, okay, why do we so often see God as the condemning finger pointer instead? When's the last time you lost it when someone you care about was being pushed around or devalued? What did you do? Lord, remind me that you embodied the intensity of a hen gathering her chicks under her wings, or a she-bear robbed of her cubs, 
or a father gathering a posse like Abraham to take on a formidable host to rescue your nephew. Remind me that this is your stance towards me in this world and beyond. And then fill me with that same intensity when it comes to the least of these. Through your spirit, with, upon, and in us. Amen.